time to rejoin the conversation. politics. So, um, there have been times people and situations in my life um, that have disappointed me. Um, Not all of those disappointments have been scarring, but um, all of them have informed me and my outlook on the world. So, uh, when have you been disappointed and how did that affect you? Um, So, that's what we're going to be talking about today and uh, we were kind of talking during break so everybody could get there. Uh, thoughts pulled together, and uh, I think Big Dave has something, and he's ready to start us off. As most of podcasts known, I like the ladies, and all through high school, I did a good job at. I think he said that a couple times. Not getting too hooked up with any one girl. If she started playing head games with me, I went bye bye and just found another girl. So. I go to college, and there's like three times more women there than in high school. And now they're in college, and in college your inhibitions go down a little bit, and love becomes a little freer. I, I need to understand how you're, how that could even possibly happen to you. <laughs> like I feel like you came out of the womb pretty much like whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and I'm okay with it. I was. <laughs> My mother will tell you that. And uh, <laughs> so, meet a couple girls. We have some fun, and then I, I go. I go to a rush party, and I meet this little girl from St. Louis. And she did some things to me that got me uh, excited. Um, and I fell for her. And I spent the next first full semester of college just being run around by the ring in my nose by this girl. I mean, it was horrible. She treated me bad. She didn't do things I wanted her to do, and it just jerked me all over the place. And finally, I remember I, I, I bought her a, a real nice, we had these real rolly sweaters that, and she was a tiny thing. She was like 5'198 pounds. She was a gymnast. And uh, she didn't like the sweater. Okay. Made me take it back, pissed me off finally, and I said, well, I finally, it, it, I had an epiphany. I said, what the hell am I doing? I got all these women around this college, and I'm stuck with this girl who has just beat me to death and drug me around and ran every emotion out of me I didn't know I had. <laughs> it's time for me to go bye-bye. So next semester, I did well. And then at spring break, I went down, and I met Michelle, my wife. And that threw a whole nother wrench in everything. Now, it was still five years down the road before we got married, and I still had a lot of fun in between, but that was the, be- <laughs> that was the beginning of the end in a long relationship for a woman I'm going to grow old with. So while I may have had a little bit of fun out there, I definitely found a woman I grew old with, and that's good. But my, my thing was with, with her, I always wanted to prove her wrong. She, she didn't think I would be successful because I was a loser in college, and I was a stoner and a drunk and everything else. And it, it just kind of put a, na- a little 
Stephen, even today, I still have a little bit of that nail in my ass on it that drives me forward a little bit. And there, there are people that have told me I wasn't going to succeed, and they disappointed me. And I think more than anything, that is part of a driver. You know, I wanted to make my father proud. I mean, you know, my father was a very strict man, and I'm this hairball running around all over the place and went through all my troubles. And fortunately, we never said, screw you, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah. You know, we, we kept a dialogue going. Sometimes it wasn't much. But, you know, I, I think that's... When, when you have things that disappoint you in life sometimes, those need to be drivers. Those need to be motivators to find ways to push yourself a little harder to say, all right, I'll show you, you know? Which, which is exactly why I say sometimes they aren't scars, but they always inform how you move forward. So what you got, Adrian? <clears throat> I guess it's uh, maybe a mixture of a, of a chick and a homie story when uh, I had a buddy that knew I was digging this chick like Dave. Uh, probably for puppy love, you know, young young age, high school. And uh, he would always give me reports because he had a lot of classes with him. Like, ah, oh, you gotta watch it, dude. You gotta you gotta watch out. You know, she she's she's flirty. She's real flirty with all the other guys. Well, he didn't tell me the guys she was flirting with was him. <laughs> so I, I found out later on that uh, the the the. The sweet potato pie was going somewhere else besides just me. <laughs> so, find out later on, he, you know, we talked about it, but, uh, you know, it was just one of those stories where you find out that sometimes what you share privately between a homie is not necessarily a homie. Right. Like, that's where I guess the saying, keep your enemies close, yeah, your friends, friends close, your enemies, enemies closer. closer. Yeah, because yeah, they know all your secrets. Exactly. What was his name? I think he worked down the oil field with me, you know. I think in New Orleans it was that way. We'd go offshore and, uh, hey, it was all fair game and it was a bad deal. We'll keep him off the podcast because he might be listening. I think I know that guy. So what you think, Chris? You know, I thought about it for a long time. Uh, I don't remember being super disappointed necessarily in other people. I've been pretty disappointed in myself and the things that I wish I had done on behalf of other people. Mm. Um, I could say or, that too. you know, things that I wish I had done on behalf of myself, honestly. Uh, but I, I don't remember ever being so hurt by somebody else that it was just, you know, it, it changed the way I did things. I've always looked back and thought, well, maybe I didn't understand what they were going through or this and I, I generally, as a rule, try to internalize a lot of things anyway. All right. But when you have that in your nature, then you generally start to really get on yourself about the times you didn't help somebody else. Right. You could have. And one of the worst things about that is they don't always know <laughs> right. that you felt like you disappointed them or the things that you didn't do for them, which is kind of a weird thing. And I think that's probably what I regret more than anything is the times I didn't do something or go out of my way. And sometimes it wasn't even out of my way. It was just, you know, something I could have done and didn't. Didn't, didn't. Uh, right. And that, that, I think, has been pretty disappointing over time. Something I'll always carry around with me. Yeah. But but I can see how I can see how that could inform, you know, how you know, when when you kind of make that reality check on yourself, you know, how it informs how you want to move forward in situations yeah, in the future. I think it's probably know? defined more in my character than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they always say it's it's not the wins, it's the losses that, uh, you know, that makes champions. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you win all the time, you don't know what it's like when you lose. And when you do lose, uh, finally, you know, you melt down. I remember a story with uh, Dave Chappelle, and he was saying that, you know, he got on stage from 14 years old. And, and killed from 14 years old like he was just funny he said but the one time he got on stage and in and it was horrible and he got booed at the apollo <laughs> and uh which is not hard yeah, out there podcast land not where you want to be booed but that's a tough crowd at the apollo that's a make or break career moment so sometimes. he said he says but what he realized in that moment was okay i, I didn't die it's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, uh, and it, you know, in, informed him to be the Dave Chappelle we have today. So, you know, it, it, I, 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 I am a big believer in self-reflection. So uh, sometimes, you know, looking at your scars is, is tough, but uh, it's, you know, it's necessary. What do you think, Jack? Um, I'm probably more along the lines of Chris. I mean, I I don't know that I've ever been so hurt. I mean, you know, I'm sure there was something that happened that I probably don't remember, which means it wasn't that important. But oh, you blocked it out. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not really. I'm not really the kind of person that does that. Like, I'm pretty much. Uh, I own my shit when I know it. It's going on, and I try to always talk to the person or you know, whatever, if I can, you know, and, and make it right. But I think that that's developed over years of having, I mean, there's, there's people that I talked to, um, when I was younger that I have absolutely no contact with now. And it was just circumstances that happened and you never really kind of reconcile that. So that, that kind of, you know, makes you think differently and reach out to people differently and um, fix things when you can. Yeah. Uh, I remember. Okay, so I'm going to take everybody uh, podcast land back to uh, when I was 17. So um, my mom knows somebody who uh, knows uh, at the time, and I think still is, a huge concert promoter, Alan Heyman. Um, and we used to, uh, used to wind up getting a lot of tickets to a lot of shows uh, because we were, um, um, because she knew somebody who knew this guy. So through that, uh, through that relationship, you know, I've always been into music. I've always been pursuing it on uh, entertainment on some level. And so, uh, so she gets me, somehow gets me this audition with um, this lady who's booking for, opening up for the um, Ice Cube death certificate tour. And uh, they, was, they were looking for an opening act. And uh, so I get the opportunity to audition. 
So um, I go, I round up, and this is at the this is at the time during hip hop where uh, uh, every crew uh, had uh, two backup dancers. So. Um, so I get two of my boys that I know could dance, I could dance. We're rehearsing routines, we're ready. So, so the the day comes up where we're supposed to go have the audition. I meet up with uh, with uh, one of the guys, and we cannot find for the life of me the other guy. So, um, so finally we go, we get on the bus, we make the long trip down there. And uh, we go, we do the audition. And uh, so the lady, she was like, okay, a couple questions. I really liked it, you know, um, a couple questions. So one, are these original tracks? I was like, um, no, they're actually not original tracks. They're just they're, it's some instrumentals that I wrote some stuff and wrote some stuff over. Okay, that's not a problem. You know, we've got a studio we can uh, we can we can do something with that. Um, where's your other guy? And um, and I go um, um, I, honestly, I don't know what happened to him today. Da, 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 da. I said, but that you know, don't worry about that. You know, if it comes time, and she and she said, well, let me stop you right there. And I knew what was coming next, but it was it was breaking my heart before she even started talking. She goes, if you can't. If you can't keep your crew together for the audition, you're not going to be able to keep them together for tour. So you're not ready. So thank you so much for coming in. So I, of course, was uh, devastated and furious, to say the least. Um, so I went. Um, I went to his house, you know, I'm like, hey, man, what, well, you know, what the fuck? And uh, he had no real answer. And, uh, and I learned two things in that day. One, uh, trust me, um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's my dream, not anybody else's. Two, um, I learned something that I really didn't know before then is that some people, uh, some people aren't uh, ready in any way for success, you know. And uh, body had stage fright. Well, and the funny thing is, it's very well possible. But in in that regard, you know what I, I realize, and 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 that thing has come back over the years with other people that I've worked with or collabed with when there was opportunities to do something bigger and that, you know, they just disappear, fall off the planet or, and, you know, and, or find ways to sabotage it, you know, like, cause, cause they're comfortable doing the small things, but they're not comfortable doing, doing bigger things. So, uh, fast forward, uh, to, uh, Two and a half years ago, well, whatever, uh, almost two and a half years ago, when I started doing this podcast, is one of the reasons that um, I didn't wait to try to find, because I actually did uh, reach out to uh, to a couple of people, and nobody was really ready to uh, to be involved. 
So w what I did was uh, just reach out and say, hey, whomever can come, please come. Uh, and, you know, because I want to do this show. And uh, God bless, you know, getting back to, um, you know, things that were disappointing. But later you realize where the blessing was in it. Um, later I realized, you know, that, you know, the, uh, the people who've been able to participate, you know, uh, have helped me forge a show that, you know, I didn't even realize fully was the show I wanted to do at the time. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy and proud for, uh, for you know for for the disappointments now because they really have informed how i how i view myself and view uh this path going forward so um so i want to thank everybody for sharing their stories because you know i know that uh i know that uh some of these questions that i pose from week to week are are uh deeper thinkers than, than, than other weeks. So, um, with that, we'll be right back. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com, a cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us purveyors of urban culture come on let's get back to the party alright so uh, and we are back uh, before we get out of here let's talk about today's sugar honey iced tea uh, for those that don't know these are things that I or a member of the group have found that are really cool aka the shit. And uh, today we have uh, two sugar honey iced teas. One um, coming from me and one's going to come from Big Dave. Uh, first, um, my sugar honey iced tea for the week is Scars. So on the surface, um, Scars, if you've ever uh, cut yourself or scraped a knee or whatever, um, on the surface they may seem unsightly. But as they fade, um, you're left with those subtle reminders of uh, what not to do the next time. Um, and in fact, uh, if they didn't kill you, most of the times they encourage you to be bolder. So this week, scars happen to be the shit. They are the shit. So. Uh, with that, Big Dave has a sugar honey iced tea that he yeah, wants to share with us. I got sugar honey iced tea. Uh, we've been working for two years here in Kansas City on workforce development. We got a severe shortage in the labor market, and we've been trying to come up with some ways to, in order to, you know, get our labor market more staffed up and things. So we've been looking. Uh, I've always had a lot of opportunities for, for kids and, and young young men and, and even young women that are you know, struggling in life to be able to try to get into the construction industry. What we've done here is we've uh, formed a coalition of three organizations, the Kansas City Home Builders Association, um, Associated Builders and Contractors, and also uh, Kansas uh, Workforce Development. 
We received a $200,000 grant from the uh, state of Kansas. And today we started a program where we got 15 uh, candidates uh, from the Johnson County uh, Residential uh, Correctional Facility in Godna. And they are going to go into a six weeks of training for construction industry. Um, they will receive training in whatever field they want to go in or a variety of fields, and they can find out if they like it or not, if they choose to, choose to go into this. They also will get their OSHA 10 training, which is a safety program. At the end of the six weeks, they will be available for people to hire. So if I choose to hire a couple individuals, then I can put them on my job site. <clears throat> for the next six weeks, they will get their wage deferred 50%. So I only pay half their wage, which gives us incentive to go out and train these individuals a little more. We get an individual that shows up on our job site that's not totally green. It's, uh, the foreman don't have to spend as much time watching over them or the lead man. Um, they already have some skills. Uh, I can promise you when they get out of their six-week program, the reality of what they're going to be doing will be different than what they were taught. Um, but it gives them a chance to get into the workforce. Um, we need to find ways. I'm also working with a friend of mine, Kevin Harris, that we're going to try to give him some financial advice on how to start handling their finances. So we're trying to give them an all-in-one package that uh, leads them to get out of what their failures were, their troubles were, and be able to come productive for themselves mostly and how to conquer themselves so that they can become productive citizens stay out of trouble. And for me, that's the shit. All right. So... With all that said, I want to end this podcast in a way I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me, and that is to good times with good people. <laughs>